Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 159 of the Quickie Podcast. 159, part one, I should say. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I got a two-parter here for you with my guest. So let's introduce that young gent. Today, my guest is Dave Clayton. He's the training manager for Astute Graphics. He's an instructor at Photoshop World and also an instructor with Kelby One and most recently, author of a new book called How Do I Do That in InDesign. Obviously, he's a graphic designer as well, a very talented one at that. Now, as if he didn't have enough on his plate, Dave is also the co-host with his friend Glenn of the He Shoots, He Draws design podcast. Now, during part one of this interview, we talk about how he found design later on in life and sort of through non-traditional means, I would say. Dave also tells us how his role at Astute Graphics came about and what was involved in getting in there. He also tells us about how he stumbled into book cover design and the first few books that he had the opportunity to create the covers for and some fun stuff around that. Now, one last thing here. Dave also tells us about a logo design that he did for his friend Glenn and how he just hit it right out of the park. Just nailed it right off the start. It's kind of a fun story. You know, I have to say, I really enjoyed chatting with Dave and hearing his stories and hearing about his experience. He has a wealth of knowledge to share and he's not afraid to bring it, not afraid to share the wins and the fails and some of the really you know, tough stuff that I really felt in my gut when he was telling me some of these stories. So let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Mr. Dave Clayton. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Dave Clayton, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, sir. Hello, thank you for having me. Awesome, I'm super excited to have you. Thank you for making the time. Oh, my pleasure. I know there's a big time difference between us, but uh, I was, I've been looking forward to it ever since we arranged it. So thank you. Awesome. What time is it where you are right now? It's actually uh, 25 to 9 at the moment in the evening. Oh, so I've had a, I've been out all day. I've been up about 65 miles north of where I live because my eldest son graduated today. So we went to the ceremony, watched him in his cape i said he looks like batman in his cape <laughs> on his mortarboard but yeah so that's that's been my day today going to see my son graduate which is fantastic very cool so that gives us a little bit of insight for this one um but i want to start with the toughest question first so briefly tell the listeners about yourself dave okay uh it's a question i've only really started to be asked more recently as, <laughs> as there's been interest in what i do um i'm 54 years old um i'm a father of four children i've got 10 and 11 year old daughters and 22 and 23 year old sons uh they all live at home <laughs> so i've got my hands full uh i'm also the training full-time training manager for a company called astute graphics we yeah. make professional plugins for adobe illustrator 
Uh, I'm also an instructor for an event called Photoshop World and a company called Kelby One that do online training. So I predominantly teach InDesign and Photoshop for designers or graphic design classes. And, I, and I'm a freshly announced author of a, of a new book called How Do I Do That in InDesign? So uh, that's an extra feather in my cap. So they're the things I hang my hat on at the moment. So I can, pro- I can tell really easily that you have a lot of spare time on your hands then. Oh, tons of it. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> looking for things to fill it with. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so the training for Astute Graphics, I just want to sort of break down some of this stuff a little bit. Training for Astute yeah. Graphics, how long have you been at that for? So I've been there for just over two and a half years now. Okay. Um, I, actually, I actually got the job. I went to my first Adobe Max in 2016 in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I, I already knew of, of Astute Graphics' existence, and there'd been some brief interaction with them over something else. And they were doing a class at Adobe Max. A mutual friend, I happened to mention to a mutual friend that I, was, I knew they were from England and I'd love to meet them. He set up a breakfast. I met the owner, Nick, and our marketing manager, Camilla, we got chatting about a story, um, something that I'd done for Aaron Draplin. I'd arranged for him to come over to the UK and set up the event and got Adobe to pay for it. And, mm-hmm. and Nick was really impressed by that. And then uh, then I went and met Aaron at Adobe Max um, before he came over. And basically, Nick watched me um, most of the week to see who I was and, and what was happening. And we got back. He came to the Draplin event. Um, I picked up Aaron up from the airport. I ran his merch stand, you know, collaborated with Adobe. I ended up not even seeing Aaron do his talk because I ended up running his merch stand. <laughs> but but unbeknownst to, to me, Nick had brought his whole staff down to meet me without me realizing. Wow. And he basically said, if they all like you, I know I'm going to hire you. And, and I only found all this out afterwards. <laughs> I, I didn't even think there was a job there i hadn't crossed my mind so um yeah nick messaged me and uh we we chat we had a chat i went up there to meet the team again and uh they hired me in march 20 crikey 2017 yeah 2017 and uh, it's been the best job of my life and i'm not just saying that because he might listen it truly is the best job of my life it's the the perfect job at the perfect time of my life so Awesome. I, I, because I've done training, I used to be a graphic designer. I still am a graphic designer, but mm-hmm. Nick, Nick sort of wanted me to identify the kind of training we needed to create for student graphics to mm-hmm. encourage more designers to understand what we do and how we how they can use the plugin. So that's really been that role for for two and a half years now. Very cool. And so before this role all came about, um, what were you doing before that role? I, I mean, I say to people, you know, as, as I mentioned, I'm 54 years old. I've come into this. I've been a graphic designer since as long as I can remember holding a pencil in my hand. Mm-hmm. But because of my age, uh, I had no technology for half of my life. Mm-hmm. So the first kind of, you know, leaving. So I left school at 16. I went and worked for my dad as an engineering company. Uh, I left there and joined a print company, which is where the first time I kind of got my hands on an Apple Mac and a very early copy of Quark Express, my first color computer, my first color photocopier. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I fell in love with desktop publishing then, um, which was kind of the first taster of thinking, wow, I could do this in a job. So I left that print company and went and joined a quarry company in the north of England. Um, 
selling machinery parts for quarries which was nothing what i wanted to do <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until i was in my 30s then uh, i got i left the the quarry company i was working for and joined one of their competitors because they knew i i had design skills mm -hmm. and they hired me to be there to start up a marketing department which was basically me mm -hmm. and uh, and that's where i fell in love with marketing and design so from that moment, I've then gone on and been, um, I've always been a designer from that moment on. So I've predominantly worked for marketing departments mm -hmm. or run a marketing department as a designer. So I've learned a lot about that. Uh, I've worked for a couple of design studios as well. And so the second half of my life where technology existed, I kind of grew up with the technology. So mm -hmm. I started on virtually nothing and progressed as the software grew and as hardware and computers grew so uh, that's the one thing i love about my age i know like you've interviewed mark herons who's you know 21 runs creative waffle he's a designer mm -hmm. these kids at this age they've got everything from day one and it's crazy. yeah it's crazy so so that's how i consider myself as a as, as a designer within my career as as mm -hmm. what i've done I loved hearing that, you know, earlier on in your career, but that wasn't really necessarily a design career, um, but you still dabbled in print. And that was, you know, cool to hear because that's my background. That's my passion. That's what I always go to. Yeah. And I, I wish if I could go back to any job, I wish I could go back to the print company I joined after I, I was working for my dad mm -hmm. because I learned a lot of engineering skills there, which, have, you know, even to this day, I still use some of the stuff I did there. And even then I was a designer. I was I was doing electrical panels and I was laying all the panels out, color coded. Every single panel looked the same. They were numbered. Every piece was like it was like a little piece of art itself. But uh, when I joined the print company, oh, man, I wish I'd paid more attention to the print inside of the company. Because they were called mm -hmm. a dressograph, multigraph, and they had Heidelberg machines. They had all this stuff. I've only, as I've started to hear more about printing and people say names and machines, I'm like, well, they had them when I was at AM International. So if I could go back to any job in my life, I would go back there because that was like the dawn of the color photocopiers and the and the original photocopiers and these mm -hmm. printing processes and and i never i never embraced it while i was there and i really wish i had mm -hmm. yeah you're speaking my language you know the heidelbergs and all that kind of stuff yeah so dave i want to kick this back even further than that and i want to get back into you know 50 around 50 years ago Around, okay. around that time. I'll let you lead it. But, the you know, Civil War. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to talk about the history of the country that, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to know about your childhood. What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of steered you or pointed you in this career path? Yeah, I, th I think when you're a kid, you don't realize it. And mm -hmm. that's that's sometimes a blessing in disguise because we approach everything so wide open that if we get the opportunity to do the things we love doing and your parents kind of spot that early on, mm -hmm. then you sort of left to get on with it. And the thing I really remember about my childhood, apart from the fact that there was always crayons, pencils, paper, um, we used to cut up my mum's old catalogs, you know, back in the day when you used to have a catalog with goods and you'd order something and then you'd pay like 50 cents a week over, 
a hundred years to pay for it and i used to cut them up and make my own catalogs and and just draw and copy i copied everything comic i used to love children's comics not like what you get with batman superman and superheroes mm-hmm. these were just like traditional british funny little comics mm-hmm. and i just i just always remember spending all my money on those but the thing that resonates so much is for some reason my mum all i remember is watching star trek man from uncle um uh, just a classic sci-fi and um, we had a, a british series over here called thunderbirds captain scarlet joe okay, 19 i totally remember thunderbirds i loved thunderbirds yeah now what i loved was bizarrely thinking back to what i used to draw was the branding all these programs had logos and very specific right. branding and cut they were organizations like the man from uncle um joe 90 had a, a specific one even james bond early james bond but there was i i i remember the colors and the packaging and i remember christmas presents there's photographs of me with packaging everywhere on the floor i used to love the boxes that stuff came in so i credit my mum with having me watch these old programs that obviously star trek particularly i mean i absolutely i'm a i'm an original trek i'm <laughs> not one of these newfangled star wars <laughs> fellows i'm a i'm a trekkie all the way mm-hmm. but if you think of the branding of star trek the the color coding the iconography the the little um the badges just mm-hmm. everything about that just screen design and obviously a lot of that stuck in my brain because that was what i was always drawn to the comics i'd buy were the 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 drawings of the programs and i used to draw my own characters and so i had a very artistic beginning and yet i have no memory of my parents pushing me to go to university or college Mm. it was just uh i think back then it wasn't a real job Totally. That is something that a lot of people, you know, ran into, whether they came to, you know, from other countries to the US or to Canada and sort of finding their way, you know, graphic design, and even commercial art is most commonly viewed as, you know, it's not really a career. It's a hobby. Yeah, it's it's a hobby. You enjoy yeah. a hobby, right? A pastime. It's like knitting mm-hmm. or, yeah. or jigsaws. That's, that's how it, looking back, probably how it felt. Mm hmm. Totally. As soon as so, as soon as you mentioned um, Thunderbirds, I remembered this thing I got for Christmas one year. It was the Thunderbird. You know how they lived in the mountain, or their their yeah. area was in the mountain, and all yeah. of their ships that they had sort of had different ways to take off. The Some were rockets. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had all of their different ships and the mountain, and they all came out of these the mountain in different ways. And I love that toy. I still have a couple of them that my son plays with. Over in like Tracy Island. Tracy Island was where they their their secret base where they lived, and yeah, everything came out of like the middle of the living room, (laughs) or (laughs) a rocket would come out, or uh, the swimming pool would pull back, and something Thunderbird two would fire out. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you think back to the things you loved as kids, and sorry, one one thing I tell Mm -hmm. the story when I do when I do um, a talk at Photoshop World was. Uh, I do a whole thing about graphic design and then I put a question up on the screen that says when I was growing up I wanted to be a and then I let the audience guess so I get like you know typographer graphic designer I'm in studio and then the next slide says kidnapper (laughs) and everyone looks at me like what I said think about this right 
I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I grew up with Quincy and Starsky and Hutch and Macmillan and Wife and just all these old 70s programs. And I used to love it when somebody had been taken, somebody had been kidnapped because then the ransom note came into play. <laughs> and I used to love making ransom notes. I used to take things from my brother and my mum and dad and write a ransom note i used to cut the letters out the catalogs and the newspapers and i'd, I'd have type on the floor and i'd glue it onto pieces of paper and so i said i i would love to be i'd love to be in a kidnappers team because i want to be the guy that does the ransom notes and i'd be so precious about it i'd be like wait 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 we we've got to do this properly <laughs> get me 50 magazines go yeah, yeah i need futura bold in red <laughs> but it. it was cool it was just again it was a it was a design thing from my youth that i never at the time realized wow i'm doing typography here mm -hmm. i was just stealing stuff off my brother and writing him ransom notes <laughs> So you have mentioned a number of things that have sort of played a role in your creative, you know, life, your career so far. I'm curious yeah. now to see if you have any one of those that stands out as maybe the most influential design of your life so far. What would that be? Um, probably because when you sent the questions through for that, obviously I've been listening to your podcast. That was something that made me think what is the most influential one because i've done things in my job that have been uh, pleasing or you know my boss has been pleased but probably the one the one thing that stood out or two actually when i when i was working for the quarry company that was when i met my wife my now wife mm -hmm. and i gave up my job i gave up a really good salary i sold my house i moved down to where i live now we had a, we had our first daughter really quickly mm -hmm. and i ended up going freelance for about 6 months and I ended up working met this guy who was a dad of one of the kids in the football team that our sons played in mentioned I was a graphic designer and he said I'm looking to rebrand can you help me and this was my first proper kind of freelance design job and we sat and it's not it, this this logo will never win awards it uh -huh. is if I showed you it if I showed anybody it they'd probably pick it to pieces and <laughs> but at the time this was the logo that the the marketing director of the company wanted and we worked together and we came up with the design and uh, this was 2008. Now when I drive around where I live and I see the huge fleet of vehicles they've got and my logo is still on the side. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I get such a thrill that I have to take a photograph of every, every single van and truck I see with it on because it is essentially the, the, the logo I designed. Now, th there's another story to that I can go into later because I know there's a question coming that, that I have an answer for. Mm -hmm. But um, there was a time somebody tried to change it, and I won a, I won a very sweet battle over that, oh, which right. is very, very satisfying. So <laughs> I can't it, wait to get to that one. It, it stayed as it was. But that and the other one that really probably was a big, massive uh, part of my design life was uh, – Obviously, I do a podcast called He Shoots, He Draws mm -hmm. with my co-host, Glyn. Uh, I met Glyn Dewis through an association with, um, a, with a training company. Mm -hmm. And Glyn asked me to redesign his logo for him. 
and I was kind of doodling on the iPad one night and I was trying, I was trying with type and kind of putting letters together, see how they work with each other. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't quite get it right. And then I was just started kind of doing lowercase stuff. Now, if anyone has never met Glyn, he's got follically challenged <laughs> um, and, a, and a reasonably large-ish nose. And I can't talk because I've got quite a big one. But uh, as I started to draw his initials, G-D, the G, uh, the the kind of the open hole of the G turned out to be an I, and as the tra- as the tail of the G came down, it formed a nose. Then when I drew the lowercase D next to it, the circle of the D formed the other I, and the 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 upright of the D curved over. You now had a bald head, two eyes, and a big nose. <laughs> uh, and and I looked at it and said. He's either going to love this or he's going to hate it. And I sent it over to him. I still have the screenshot off the iPad of when I did it. Um, originally, it had two dots in the eyes. And someone said it looked too much like the Simpsons. But we mm-hmm. took the dots out. And that became his logo. And every time he does a talk at a conference anywhere, or if it's in his books or anything, people still go up and say, man, I love your logo. <laughs> and amazing. then it says... Then he says, my best mate Dave did it. And then they come to me and go, oh, could you do my logo? Can you do, do me one like Glyn? And I'm like, well, if your name's Glyn Dewis and you're bald and got a big nose, I can nail it. <laughs> but <laughs> if your initials don't work, it's you can't do a logo like somebody else. Yes. B- because it's so, so different. But that one probably in the last 10 years has been the most satisfying one because it's my mate and it's been in books and it's been on classes and, uh, and he loves it and people still love it. And they still come up to him and say, man, I just love your logo. So that one's a very satisfying one for me. Oh, that's such a cool story. I have not seen the logo, but now I really need to go look this up (laughs) to see the creation. It won't win awards, but it's personal. And for me, design is a very personal thing. If I, if I was designing to try and win awards, I'd be in a cave in the middle of somewhere r- rocking in a corner because that's, I, I don't think that's how you should design. I think mm-hmm. you should, we always, Glenn and I always say everything you do should be fit for purpose. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the customer or the person is happy and you've given your best to make them happy and it's fit for purpose, move on. Beautiful. That's yeah. really well said. Um, I'm going to just skip a little, little bit ahead here, Dave, and I want to get into some of the print and packaging talk for quickly here. Um, yeah, sure. Can you tell us how you have utilized print and print design in your career so far and any stories around it that you could share? Yeah, when obviously I said is I, I come from a time um, B, BC before computers. <laughs> uh, I used to love my, my, my older brother. He's 11 years older than me. He had a band and I used to love making his uh, I started a fan club for his band and I made magazines for it yep. and and would hand draw everything. And I had a crusty old photocopier and I'd be photocopying and gluing and letra set. So my early days of print and packaging were were doing the little magazines i had a little football team i played in i used to do a little magazine called the armchair supporter because i don't know if you have that phrase in canada or america but if you support a team but you never go and physically watch them Mm -hmm. you just stay at home and watch it on tv you're an armchair supporter because you never (laughs) leave your armchair no i haven't heard that term 
yeah so i made this little magazine and every week i'd always listen out what you know what people were talking about and i'd make this little magazine and and another thing from when i was a kid that i meant to mention earlier which is a massive influence on me and my favorite book of all time ever and always will be is charlie and the chocolate factory mm-hmm. so me and my brother used to buy candy and chop it up into small pieces and make wrappers and then sell it back to my mum for an inflated cost so <laughs> so from early days of print and packaging that was the thing i loved roll on to you know now i'm in my late 40s and 50s uh-huh. through a couple of relationships i mean i'm a i'm a huge book lover and if if you could see uh, for anyone who's watching this on video at some point where i'm pointing is a bookshelf with about 350 graphic design books amazing or or books that are design related mm-hmm. and two things i was really wanted to do one day write my own book didn't think that would happen or maybe one day do a book cover which could happen but i didn't know how that could happen mm-hmm. and then through the association with um the old NAPP now Kelby one I actually made friends with the marketing manager of Peach Pit um or Peach Pit Pearson books who do a lot of that they do all the Adobe Classroom in a book Uh books um a lot of training stuff and once we got to know each other and they obviously knew my design skills uh Glenn you know my best mate got a book deal and did his first book called the Photoshop workbook and I kind of flippantly said, could I throw my hat in the ring for a design for it? And they said, yeah, I mean, go for it. We can only say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because I could use InDesign and I knew layout and some some print stuff because I kind of had it a little bit in my background, I did a, about three or four book layouts and sent them over to them. And they came back and went, okay here's the problem and i went what and they said we don't know which one to choose (laughs) so so i i I got the book cover for him uh i did a special edition one with one of the covers that didn't get picked that was a picture that glinded of me that's a completely different story but um it's one of our favorite photos we ever done as with him as a photographer and, and me stepping in as a model because his model didn't turn up <laughs> but that was the that was the first book and then because they were satisfied with that when the guys left peach pit and went to a company called rocky nook who are now my publisher uh-huh. um glenn had a second book come out called photograph like a thief and while we were chatting about it we kind of were all trying to think what would the cover look like so we all went away and sort of came up with what we thought the cover should be and when we came back to meet we all pretty much came up with the same idea which is magnificent because we all thought of a photograph like a thief sounded like a hitchcock thriller kind of film (laughs) so i ended up doing um a book cover which was inspired by hitchcock um, because the book was photographed like a thief it was about learning other people's styles to create your own style in the same way if you're a guitarist you buy a guitar you play everyone else's songs before mm-hmm. you write your own songs yes so we thought how apt that the book cover should be inspired by a design so i did the first design i, I drew the whole typeface out um, and used a product called font self to make it we sent it off to him i think it had one tweak and they came back and just said perfect 
which was wow two in two <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was this book here photograph oh, like a thief gosh. um which was then uh, both of those first two books were bestsellers number one on amazon for photography and photoshop and then uh subsequently glenn got another book deal this isn't an advert for glenn but i'm really proud of this work the next one was called the photoshop toolbox and again we sat and chatted about it what we thought the cover would could, would look like we thought yeah. of an old toolbox in a garage so same thing again came up with two ideas they picked their favorite one of the two um and I ended up doing this one which i recreated all the like badges and they were all photoshop like blend modes or um multiply linear dodge and i made them and funnily enough it's a photoshop book but i laid it out in indesign and all the stickers were made with adobe illustrator <laughs> but those three books for glenn in terms of print and packaging mm-hmm. oh, i'm so proud of them because not only did i get to work with my best mate but all three books were, went number one on amazon they outsold the top best-selling photography and photoshop books that, mm. that have been out um and then i got a fourth book cover which i did for a, my friend alan hess um which was a slightly smaller format book but that was called make great photos and that they just wanted this sort of retro style uh book nice that, and simple it's uh-huh. just a smaller version and and again i laid it all out front and back the flaps on the inside i absolutely love doing this kind of stuff i love marketing design like fit for purpose stuff Mm -hmm. so print and packaging that's that's my favorite thing okay so you went from yeah i wouldn't mind designing a book cover be cool to do that one day and then also thinking yeah i wouldn't mind writing a book but uh, that'll never happen to now (laughs) having designed a number of book covers and also now an author of your own book I know, which I got to design and lay out the cover for, which is fantastic. <laughs> oh, dude, um, that's fantastic. I can't take credit for that because um, there's a young lady called Jessica Maldonado who works for uh, Kelby One. Okay. She actually designed the series look um, and the logo for the book. I just chose the cover image and, and the little graphic design that goes. It's a little monitor with an InDesign screen. So okay. I did... I can't take all the credit for that, but I got to lay out my own book cover, which was really cool. And, <laughs> that's so cool. And yeah, got and got the book. And again, that's I say to the people when they go when they go into this these sort of younger designers, and it's oh wow, you've got a book. How can I get a book? I just say we'll do ten years of what I've been doing for ten years, and you might get a book. <laughs> but just knowing me and me knowing the publisher isn't a quick isn't a quick route i've had to totally. do 10 years of being away from you know traveling abroad being away from my young family when the girls were little mm-hmm. networking making friends making relationships being a good human being you know being polite and respectful around others and those things come together and when those th- mm-hmm. when those things come together opportunities open up for you definitely and it's, then, it's a lot of work like you, yeah you can't just graduate and write a book no there's a lot more. took me eight months took me eight (laughs) months to write this book it was because it's a technical not a technical book each page is a tip so if you opened up InDesign and you were like okay how do i set up my first document then one of the pages will show you how to set up your first document another then the next page will will show you how to create your first text box or how to place an image each 
each page is an individual tip and it's that question of how do i do that in indesign you go to the chapter you find a bit you need you can put the book back down so i had eight months of writing tech checking it um reteaching myself some indesign techniques i hadn't used in a while and creating all the assets for use in the book so subsequently there's a ton of my friends photos and family photos in that book there's uh, <laughs> there's some friends names hidden in the ipsum lorem i can say all this now because it's published yeah <laughs> but uh, it was fun it was really good fun and it was it was hard work um but i know when i get that copy in my hands and, and my eldest daughter who's 11 she said you know she goes daddy are you can actually have a book that will be in bookshops like my favorite books and it was just like, oh, yeah, darling, yes. <laughs> I was, it was so lovely that that's how she looked at it and thinking, oh, if only there were so many bookshops, darling. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But what it, an amazing it thing. Cool. It's cool. And, uh, you know, if I, if I earn money from it, that all that money's going towards um, paying for the girls to have a holiday at Disney because they deserve it. My, you know, my wife's been amazing. She's, she's like, really held the fort. Mm-hmm when I've been traveling and doing this stuff and now I've actually got a product where I can put money in the bank, um, and you know, take out, take out all the tax from it. But what's left that's going in the holiday fund for the girls. That's their book. That's, that's the thank you from me for, for the support they've given me. Definitely. So I have a feeling that that is going to tie into one of these later questions here. Um, but I wanted to get to some questions here that take you down part of your career, Dave, where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull a couple of those stories out of you. Okay. Um, so first off, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? A couple of things. One's lighthearted, one's quite serious. The lighthearted. All right, you bet I'm going to stop it right there. What a cliffhanger. One's lighthearted, one's quite serious. Dun, dun, dun. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Part two of my interview with Dave Clayton will be up tomorrow, and I'm excited to share that too because that's where we get into the challenges, the struggles, the lessons learned, and then the wins, the big wins. So look forward to that. We'll see you tomorrow.